this is one of the puzzles. I don't know whether it was his own idea or whether uh, it was suggested to him by the publisher, André Soret, or somebody else. Um, so this is something which still needs research, some more research, mm -hmm. to find out what made him illustrate this play, except that I can uh, offer an interpretation, and that is to say that Chagall felt that this was a play which really related to his own particular biography, because here he was also an old magician, an old artist. He was already 88 years old at this stage. And uh, he didn't know that he was going to live another 10 years. And he thought that uh, this play really represented his experience in life. It clearly spoke to him at this point in his life then. Yes, sure. Mm -hmm. And after all, we, we think that maybe Shakespeare identified to a certain extent with the character uh, of his protagonist in this play with Prospero. Again, Shakespeare was uh, aging, the aging artist. Of course, he was much younger, but in those days, uh, you usually died at a younger age. So Chagall was identifying himself not only with Prospero, but also with Shakespeare. And that is why uh, I called this exhibition A Farewell to Art, Chagall, Shakespeare, and Prospero. Well, that does sort of say it all, though they were going to say a lot more in front of the, of the exhibition. Starting, and it's a funny place to start where there's no picture, but I was intrigued by this idea that this is a new typeface called Romain du Roi. This is what it says in the front mm. matter. But actually, I think what is really interesting is the title page. Because mm. if you look at the title page, it doesn't say illustrations by Marc Chagall or illustrated by Marc Chagall. It just says Shakespeare. The Tempest, and underneath the title of the play, it says Marc Chagall. In other words, Chagall uh, saw himself as a sort of co-writer of the play. Um, he didn't think um, anything about putting his name <laughs> opposite Shakespeare's name as the co-author of this work, because he was creating the illustrations, giving his particular interpretation of the play. I think Shakespeare would have loved his illustrations, but that's a little over-romanticising it, probably. And indeed, he does in actually have an illustration of Shakespeare himself. Yes, mm. yes. Uh, the frontispiece uh, shows Shakespeare uh, within an oval with Prospero and Ariel and the boat on, on the seas, still uh, before it has capsized, and there are rays of lightning striking the boat here. And, and we can see Prospero in the other corner. Oh, and Ariel as well, can't we? Yes, mm. yes there's Prospero in this corner, Shakespeare much larger on top, and there's Ariel and the boat. We should say these are all monochrome. Black on white, yes. that's it. And, and Which is most unusual for mm. Chagall, because Chagall was well known as a colorist. It's a bit puzzling why he would do this in black and white. And again, I have no answer to this question, why he executed these lithographs in black and white. Perhaps if I had uh, <laughs> access to the Chagall archives, which I did not manage to get, if I had access to it, maybe I would find the answer to some of these puzzles. But some of these puzzles mm. remain. 
although I've worked on it extensively. They are very beautiful, though, in a way. It's a bit like watching a black and white film, isn't it? You see different mm. things, different That's textures. That's an interesting idea, definitely. Mm. Yes, I agree. I quite agree. And you can colour it yourself <laughs> with your imagination, don't yes, you? Yes, yes, mm. that's a very nice idea. Mm -hmm. And Prospero, some of the figures are very typical of Chagall, aren't they? You know, these sort of older men with beards, slightly biblical looking, if anything. Yes, yes, a sort of King David <laughs> yes, character. absolutely. Yes. Yes. But, you know, uh, basically, Chagall was very much interested, as many artists are, in himself, in his self-portrait. So not only does he see the play as a play about his own life, as a sort of autobiographical play about Chagall's life, but he also depicts himself endlessly. Wherever you see um, a character with curly black hair, that's his signature feature. And as a matter of fact, downstairs, if you want to go downstairs yes. with me, there's a picture in which uh, he has pictured himself five times. Five times? Yes, in the one. Definitely look at that. But okay. as we go, we can actually see one here where I guess that's curly black hair. And there it's Presumably, it's meant to be Prospero and Miranda in the boat yes, there. But, but, but if you look at the picture, mm, yeah, uh, it's a very a, peculiar yeah. uh, representation. The girl mm. should be three years old. And if you look at the picture, she doesn't look three. She, she looks, looks like his beloved. Yeah, she does. So she's that Bella. Yes, exactly. Mm. It's mm. always himself and Bella. The spirits are just up his street, Chagall's street, aren't they? The idea of winged spirits. He's so... I mean, Not so just many. winged spirits, mm. but musical spirits. Yes, it, it, because the yeah. island is full of musical mm. spirits in, in Shakespeare. And Chagall, of course, this uh, appealed to him very much. Yeah, so like, there's more reasons, really, for him to key into the play. Actually, um, Ariel here has curly black hair, like Chagall. Oh, maybe he speaks Chagall then. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Chagall. Chagall, Chagall is everywhere. Yeah. Chagall uh, portrays himself <laughs> in every mm. single character. So... Um, the beauty of this one is that uh, Ariel is poised over the waters in this diagonal line, which Chagall liked very much, this particular angle. Mm. He's not just playing the violin, but he's poised it at, at a sort of 45-degree angle. Um, and Chagall used that in other paintings as well. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying so reminiscent of the floating figures. That, yes. And as you say, the figures playing musical instruments. Yes, yes. Chagall used again and again mm. the same ideas, um, he had his own mythography, he had his own iconography, mm. and it's always interesting to see when he diverges from that. And again, downstairs we have one picture which is very interesting in that respect. It's his last picture. It's, it doesn't belong to the book, but I put it up in this uh, exhibition because it's a picture which helped me interpret the book. And it's a picture which he drew the day before he died, when he was 98 years old. Wow. And I, I will show it to you. Well, we'll look at that, and we'll go and look at all these curly-haired pictures, but <laughs> passing all sorts of pictures that, although, yes, this is one of Caliban, and, but, and he's got a fish on his back, but the fishes, again, they're what we know and love of Chicago. It's why we love him, and so it's good to see the familiar figures. But it's also, this is Shakespeare, mm -hmm. because yes. you remember when he gets scared, Caliban, from the storm, he hides under the gabardine. Yeah. Yes, Stefano in Trinculo. They think he's a fish. He's a fish. Right. Yes. They think he's a fish. Mm. So this is not terribly far-fetched. No, it's no. only a little bit far-fetched. In fact, it's lovely that he does pick up on the rascally fun figures of, yes. of the butler and the crown. So we're going down the stairs now, pretty steep. 
Why you show me your curly-haired chagalls? Yes. <laughs> well, here we are. Look, this is one of my very favourite pictures, maybe my most favourite picture. Even more than the one upstairs. <laughs> yes, yes. This is a picture which shows Ferdinand and Miranda making love in the meadow. Now, this is something, of course, which does not belong in the play at all, because uh, Prospero is very much against premarital relations, and he warns Ferdinand against this. He will not have it. Mm. But Chagall is a modern painter. He's a 20th century painter. He's interested in sex. He wants to get mm. some sex into the pictures. And this is, again, very conventional for Chagall to have himself and Bella making love. Yes, he has it. lots of pictures like that. Yes, it's beautiful. She's naked. She's naked. She's lovely. Yes. And if you look at this Ferdinand, he has the black, the black hair, the curly black mm. hair. He has the profile of Chagall. And we have lots of musical spirits in this mm. picture. Now, if you look at these two, they have also this signature curly black hair and the same features. <laughs> so you have Chagall portrayed one, two, three times mm. in this picture. But this is not all. No. No, he's portrayed a few more times here. Oh, show me. Well, at least two more times. <laughs> because we have here this bird mm. that plays on the violin. Oh, yes, a bird. And and hover, another, hovering and, over the lovers. And, the, and this other bird are playing the cymbals. So first of all, the violin, of course, is the Jewish violin. Chagall is very much interested in uh, the violin. But why does the bird represent Chagall? Now, I tell you, this is something very interesting, which I found out with the help of my former doctoral student, Dr. Yelena Tartakovsky, emigrated to Israel from Russia. And um, I was talking to Yelena about these pictures, and I said to her, you know, Chagall was born with a different family name. His original family name was Segal, and he changed it to Chagall. And we were discussing the birds that appear in so many of, of his pictures. And Elena said, well, of course, the bird is the bird of song. It's the golden finch. Uh, and in Russian, it's called Shegol. Oh. So there's the linguistic part of Shegol and Shagal. Mm. So this is something which the Shagal experts don't know about, because you really have to know Russian like Elena knows in order to discover that. And so every time you see a bird, you know the bird also represents Shagal. It doesn't have to have his features. It doesn't have to have his oh. curly black hair. It's a bird. So we have not only the three uh, representations of Shagal there, but we have the bird playing the violin and the bird with the symbols. Now, the other little spirits there, I don't know. Perhaps they also represent in some way, but I can't tell. Anyway, this is the picture, and it's a very nice and happy picture, and it has nothing to do with the play in the sense that um, in the play, the, the young lovers do not make love. Mm -hmm. There's no such scene in the play, but this is something from the imagination of Chagall and from his uh, interest in eroticism. It's a very special kind of eroticism. It's not a violent one like you find sometimes in other 20th century painters. This is his idea of making love. It's very gentle. Celebratory, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, exactly. Can we look at a couple of the pictures where there are these crowds of people that 
look to me like immigrants getting off boats and trying mm. to get into Israel mm. on the Exodus or trying to escape <laughs> Europe or whatever, because there is that feeling of displaced persons in some of these pictures, to me at any rate. Yes. And I, I think I, I would say it's not so much a question of um, displaced people going to Israel as it is of himself again. Moving. Uh, um, mm. As a person who, who has become an exile, mm. who has had to leave... Russia and then has had to leave uh, France and go to the United States. You know, he was exiled twice. He was yeah. a refugee. And I think he uh, identified very much with Prospero being a, a refugee. Can we look at one of those? There's a lot of people to have in one picture. There's far more people than we have in the play, in fact. Well, here we have, this is again a very good one. Mm. Um, this is a picture of the uh, capsizing boat and people falling off the boat, jumping off the boat, and drowning. That's all over the place. And Ariel, who is managing the whole scene, mm. he's flying above. And you can see there's somebody here upside down. Mm. And it's a picture of chaos. And there's a lot of movement in this picture, a lot of drama. He's mm. interested in yes. that. And also, uh, you can see in these, these two pictures, there are pictures depicting the feast that... Um, Ariel prepares for the uh, aristocrats coming from the boat. And then there's the vanishing feast when he comes dressed up here, not as a harpy as it is in Shakespeare, but as some kind of avenging angel. Yeah. And the shapes, as they are called, they're not called spirits in Shakespeare here, they're called shapes. They first brought in the platters of food and here they take them away mm. and everything's gone before all these aristocrats who are hungry after, yeah, of course, <laughs> after the shipwreck. After the shipwreck. Um, they're stuck there. They're very surprised. You can see in the corner, but that's it. The food is gone. They have mm. no food. Part of Prospero's revenge, it's a complex one, yes. isn't it? He's got such a big plan, that partly revenge Indeed. and partly marrying off his daughter. Indeed. But where is the one where there's so many people getting on and off of boats? Yes, this idea of all these passengers coming back. back yes, mm -hmm. yes. And, and the blessing. Mm. You know, he's stretching his hands. Hands in um, Chagall's paintings are always very important. Mm. The, the, the hands, maybe, of the Kohanim who are blessing the people. And here the, the bosun is uh, blessing the people on their way back to civilization. And actually, in where is this little vignette? Here it is, where he has the ship sailing back to civilization. Oh, it's uh, uh, sails full of wind, and they're just the two hands. He doesn't need more than that. Mm -hmm. Just the two hands blessing it on its way. Yeah. And, and some of these um, are smaller illustrations, like this one, so you've actually got lines from the play, so... Yes, well, they're, the, mm -hmm. the, they're 32, 31, I'm not sure, 31 mm -hmm. full-page uh, lithographs in this book. And uh, the other um, 19 are half-page ones, or even less than half-page. You know, they're, they're printed along with text.
Yeah. It's rather lovely when there's text, isn't it? I mean, presumably he must have known how much text there would be on the page and designed. Yeah. I don't, you don't know, do you? <laughs> we don't know very yeah. much about. Mm. But I like it. it don't yes, you? yes, indeed. Well, let's just look at you. Go back to this boson because he looks a lot more like your Cohen blessing the people, doesn't he? He's got a beard and he looks very, again, a bit biblical, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, certainly. Yeah. Yes. Well, this is the interesting thing about Chagall's illustrations is that he has no sense of. Um, these Renaissance aristocrats, mm. the noblemen, you know. Uh, he, he's, that's not what he's painting. He's painting people like himself. Mm. That's what he's uh, interested in. And people who, who look like himself, as for example here, this Prospero over here, you know. This is, this is what he was interested in. He was not trying to represent something uh, distant, something noble. And this is actually what is interesting about his pictures, because the tradition of illustrating Shakespeare in the 18th century, in the 19th century, was uh, a very classical or neoclassical tradition of showing the characters in Shakespeare as the classical figures and uh, beautifully dressed and this and that. And Chagall doesn't have this weight of tradition uh, on his shoulders. Chagall just... Um, depicts them as ordinary people and even Jewish people, mm. you know. He, he has his own way with these characters. And this is why I think people are attracted so much to these lithographs. They get under your skin. You feel that they are uh, people like you. They're, they're modern people. They're people who've been through the Second World War. They're people who have become refugees. Um, they suffer like, like we suffer, not like some distant nobleman. One of the reasons that um, I find this last picture not just compelling, but mm. also very relevant to this particular book, is that it gives you the four characters, the four central characters of the drama of The Tempest. Why? Because you have here... Um, the figure of Chagall, the father. You have the lovers. He's painting a picture of the lovers, isn't he? Yes. Mm. And the angel. Mm. Four characters. Now, if you look, for example, at this picture, it gives you the four characters of the play. You have the father, Prospero, Ferdinand and Miranda, the lovers, and Ariel, who is painted as an angel. So, I think it brings it all together. It shows you that Chagall is interested in this uh, play as a family drama, which it is. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, it's his interpretation. And it, it, it's perfectly true. It is a family drama. And it's a very um, patriarchal drama. It's about the drama of the passage of the young woman, Miranda, uh, from uh, the guidance of her father to her lover. And his problem with that is the father's problem that <laughs> the young woman is now is now uh, fallen in love with a young man who's the girl. It's that difficult thing. You want her to. He's engineered it, but yes, he, but then of That's course, very good. Yes, yes, yes he's engineered he it exactly. But <laughs> no father quite wants to let go of their daughter. Precisely. So Chagall has really translated it into this general uh, drama, as he has done with the question of being a refugee. You know, which is not only his lot after all, but it was the lot of many artists and many people who are not artists, many uh, simple people who suffered so much 
uh, from being displaced and the lot of the Jewish people. You know? So in many ways, by making it so very personal and subjective, he's really universalized it. So that, that's his genius. Completely, and we should probably should just say they're in the four corners of the picture, yes. balancing each other. And yes. I don't know how important it is that the, the lovers are on the diagonal and so are Ariel and, and um, Prosper on the other diagonal. And so he's sort of keeping them apart at that point, isn't he? I guess. Yes, mm. yes. And again, this is not a scene in the play. No. You know, it's, it's very interesting that um, what he's illustrating is not necessarily what is dramatized in the play. He's illustrating other things. He's illustrating his own ideas. So, for example, here he's illustrating Ariel flying, holding the lovers. Again, this is not a scene in the play. Which it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Although it would present difficulties for those staging. It was a fabulous idea, isn't it? Beautiful. It is, yes. You know, so they're flying over the boat mm. and it's striking and it's moving. But in fact, it's got very little to do with the play. So this is the interest in Chagall that he gives it a very personal interpretation. In a way, he's doing the same thing that modern directors have been doing for so many years. He's giving his own personal view of things. He's, he's not just presenting what it says in the text, but he's giving it uh, relevance to our own day and age, as in that picture with uh, Making Love in the Grass. Now, I told you that mm. there is this very interesting last picture of his, and here it is. We don't have uh, the lithograph. This is just a print mm. uh, of the lithograph. And this was painted the day before he died. It's very interesting. So if you look at this picture, you see Chagall with his curly black hair, and his familiar profile, he's holding the palette and he's sitting in front of the easel. Um, and these are all familiar uh, symbols in Chagall's painting. And there is the bird down here, which we've discussed already. Uh, there's the wreath. There are many things here which are conventional. The angel, the guardian angel, who accompanies Chagall in so many of the paintings and is touching his head here. But there's one thing here which is very special and appears in no other painting that I've seen. Chagall himself is sprouting a pair of wings. So it's as though Chagall, who was 98, mm. knew he was going to die the following day, oh. and he paints himself with a pair of wings on his back, ready for flight. And if you look at his face, his face is downcast and it looks sad, it's contemplative. His expression is contemplative. Yeah, but he's young in it. He's not 98, is he? <laughs> so he is definitely going towards that light and becoming an angelic creature because he's got, eternal, yes. he's got eternal youth. It's <laughs> a beautiful yes. young face, isn't it, with black curly yes, hair? Yes, but sad, so sad, mm. his expression. And perhaps, I'm not sure, perhaps there's a tear running down the Maybe. angel's yes, cheek. Yes, I think you're right. You see? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, mm. it's a very touching, touching picture. And it's not well known at all. 